0: Welcome to No Shame in the Home Game, the podcast that cares how your home feels, not looks. I am Lacey. I had a special role this season and then I got to be a participant and host. Today we're doing our capstone episode from the season. I'm here with our co-host who knows things. That's Sarah.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so funny to hear that I know things because I still, I love learning and so for me to stop. And actually look backwards and go, oh, wait, wait, I do know things. Because I'm always looking at what can I still learn? And so it takes somebody from the outside like you, Lacey, to go, oh, you do know things.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You, All this learning well, has come from things. The amount of times that you've been able to be like, hold on, and zero in on something. I'm like, what a superpower that is. Because like I'm on a train and we are going. But for you to be able to be like, just pause for a second. Magic in it, I love it.
1: Yes, yeah. and I think we all—I think we all have superpowers, and it's just you know, letting them shine in the right place. And I'm so thankful for this platform to let that shine, and for you to recognize in me that that is a superpower. I love that. Absolutely, match made in heaven.
0: Absolutely. Well, this was our first season of No Shame in the Home Game. I think it's safe to say Sarah and I will definitely have a second season because we've had so much fun doing it. And it's been such a cool experience just for me, because I do have another podcast, but this is such a different format and that kind of stuff. So I really loved the seeing somebody's story unfold. It's been a bit of an interesting path. And I think it's really interesting to think about. I feel like participant Sarah, her story was so front heavy. Like we learned a lot about her life and her challenges and she was in the thick of it. Whereas I feel like with Alex, It was a little heavier in the back where it's like we were on the precipice of something and then it changed and then she had a lot more aha moments because of where she was in that time. So I just being a part of someone's stories, it's just cool. I think that's just my first takeaway. That's really cool. Yeah.
1: Oh, yes. And it was interesting for me because I do this work one on one with people and it's very much in a bubble. And then so to do it in this format and have you seeing it from a different angle and then hearing people's feedback who are listening, it's helped me. It's helped me in my process. It let me see it with fresh eyes. And I learned so much from our participants. And I learned a lot.
0: So much. Yes. So much. I think I have to say what I just can't stop thinking about. I think that it's so interesting that both Alex and Sarah had such a similar view of meal, but for different reasons and both carried the shame about not sitting down and having meal. and it's almost like the other one had what the other one thought that they needed like it just and I I just really keep coming back to meals and I think it's also interesting that I have a very different perspective on meals and you're going to hear in our house meals are a big deal. We sit down for them. But to hear, I don't know, just there's something about the way that meals function in our house that I am going to be paying attention to more than ever because I don't think I realized how much stuff is around just how meals are done. Because there is, there's so much stuff with
1: yeah and even when we go back to if you th- reflect back to our very first episode i talked about how much i learned around home management expectations because of the way my mom approached meals and then mm-hmm. yeah how some of that i took forward with me and some of that yeah so a uh, same thing i also see how meal are a great starting off point of what how do you feel about this and then letting people realize yeah seeing what, what shame or what feelings they have around it, what is actually important to them. And yeah, that is an interesting, that is an interesting like center point to kind of expand from.
0: Yeah. And it shouldn't be a surprise, right? With the amount of like food and diet culture and industry and all that stuff that expectations get put on the actual food that we eat. It shouldn't be that big of a surprise that there's also this expectation around the way meals are done in our homes with our family. Have you heard of this trend lately? It's on TikTok of like girl dinner. No. So basically, it's this idea of a lot of women are tired at the end of the day and they don't want to make a full meal. So they do girl dinner, which is like string cheese, this this, and this. You know what I mean? So it's not like making a full dinner. And I just, first of all, I hate the term girl dinner because... No, you're just eating dinner. (laughs) It's just a way of doing it. It's the same with there's also a thing going on right now with girl math. And it's about women and how they like justify their spending and all this stuff. And don't even get me started on the genderedness of that and how women often are the more savers in a household, but are often labeled frivolous and all these different things. But I hate that these concepts are being talked about as like girl x when it's things we all do we all who hasn't been tired at the end of the day and has been like i'm gonna have string cheese i'm gonna have this piece of salami i've got here and these chips
1: which is essentially protein protein. i got a carb that's a deconstructed sandwich who oh no we call in our house snacky dinner so friday's I established this years ago, Fridays, I don't want to think about food. I don't want to make food. I want to eat food, but I want nothing to do with it. And so it's snacky dinner. We pull out whatever we have, dips, we cut up. I Not we, I shouldn't say we. I don't do it. Anyone else can do it. Cut up carrot. Um. Yeah, it's sliced cheese. It's We do meatballs. It's just whatever is basically easy. And we call it snacky because, yeah, you just go up there and you pull under your plate whatever you want. It's no... There's no structure around labeling it lasagna, you know, chicken, pepper, whatever. But it, like you said, who cares? You've got food in your belly and you're satiated and everyone's taken care of. So it shouldn't matter. So maybe that's just one of those shame things that's just lingering and we get to break down that shame veil and... And throw it on the ground and stomp on it and twist her foot around and say, no, thank you. I don't want to wear that shame bale.
0: Yes, please. Yes. Yes, please. please. Yeah, because again, I just think back to you could hear Sarah felt guilty that she didn't have the energy or wherewithal to care about making this meet. And then you heard Alex talking about she certainly has the energy. That's not the issue. They're just doing other stuff. So that's not a priority, and so I just find it so interesting i just think I think that's one of the things that I just really learned the most of man, we have a lot of opinions about not just what we eat but how we eat it, and it doesn't matter <laughs> really it doesn't
1: matter well, it only matters if you make it matter it yeah it yeah. doesn't have it doesn't have to matter, so I learned in Again, I'm always in a voyage of discovery and learning and evolving. I even learned for myself so much of how much shame I still carry around things in my home. And opening up this conversation, going behind the door of the way Alex kept saying, I had these beautiful things I want to see, but behind a cabinet, I don't care what it looks like. And then, and I kept reflecting on that. And then Sarah, participant Sarah saying, if, I remember she said, if you walk into my home and you saw the state of things, you would assume we all have really low mental health, but it's the opposite. It looks like that because I care about our mental health. And so sometimes in the day I catch myself, it's those little, it's like it's that narrative in the back of your head that you have to really stop and pay attention to. I caught myself judging myself for things. And I was like, oh my gosh, here I am hosting this podcast and I'm still learning about where I'm carrying shame and where I can still grow and let go of that shame around different aspects. Oh so, gosh, I just, I really hope, and I'd love to hear from listeners if they are finding solace in hearing other people's feelings. If anybody has been able to feel a little bit lighter around, oh, I don't, Have to feel shame about this.
0: I don't know. Like I just yeah. I it's interesting to hear you talk about that because our house has been cleaner than it was before. And I think it's because I got rid of a lot of that shame. And it's what do I actually care about? I care about being able to walk through my house and not feel stressed about stuff. And that's what I focused on is removing that feeling. And Before, it would be like, oh, our house is a mess and all these different things. But now it's just, I want my house to feel good. And that made a bigger deal than shame did. So continuing to prove that beating yourself over the head with this imaginary standard doesn't do any good. Maybe it'll motivate you once or twice, but it's not sustainable. And focusing in on that good feeling really made a big difference. Our dining room table has been mostly cleared off during this time, during our experience. And so reflecting back, I said I would like to see that because I feel better when that's cleaned off. It makes it easier to sit down and do things. And I haven't beat myself up when it's not cleaned off, but it's gotten done because that's something that I decided was important and made a difference in my feel. And I just, sorry, this is a big realization (laughs) So how... I've always been so mean to myself, so mean to myself now, especially now with my chronic illness. It's like, oh, you can't even do that. You can't even do that. But now it's you want to do that. And if you can get to it, great, because it's going to make things feel better. And that is way more productive.
1: So what I take away from that with the morsel I see behind that is what is your motivation? Are you doing it because you feel shameful because of an external expectation were you doing it because you know you will feel better because yeah. that surface? Yeah, I had a similar. I well, First of all, thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad you had that. And I hope that resonates with somebody listening. And I remember in the very beginning, we were talking about non-negotiables. And I said, the kitchen for me needed to be reset every night. And we had a camping extravaganza that Everything that unfolded was unexpected. It was memorable. It was memorable. And if you want to hear through what I'm really saying, it was a crap show. But it was memorable. There were really good moments. Anyways, I was exhausted beyond belief. And so there was this night where everything was in the sink, on the counters, in the dishwasher. It usually should be empty by then, and it wasn't. And I was so tired. I just, I couldn't. I just couldn't. And I, all throughout the season, every night I do that thing where, oh, I just will deal with that tomorrow. And then I never do. I always take care of it. This was the first time since we started beginning the season that I actually didn't do it. And man, when I woke up the next morning, yeah, it wasn't shame that my kitchen wasn't cleaned up. It was exhaustion that I was starting the day with. I couldn't get to the coffee maker because there were dirty dishes in front of it. I couldn't even get the coffee mug that I like because it was dirty. Like it, that, so it wasn't the shame. And yeah, that was good for me to realize, oh, I really do like it reset because it starts my day off with a clear head. So
0: it wasn't shame. It was discomfort and that discomfort. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I formed for you.
1: Oh, yeah. And again, I also just things I learned from this season from Alex. Again, I just keep approaching things like how would Alex deal with this?
0: (laughs) What would Alex do? (laughs) what would Alex
1: do? I just, I love, and I'm excited for next season of what we're going to learn from our participants and what we can examine. And and I'm just really excited about pulling the door open and just everyone, let's just look at all this stuff we're dealing with. We're not trying to look or be a certain way. Like we're trying to all just feel a little bit happier or joyful.
0: I think it's funny how you're like, I think about how Alex just does things. I think about Sarah the time for just with Sarah. Because for me to have someone as a role model, right? For me as someone with chronic illness with children, it is so hard to it's so hard to describe in general how much your health is and stamina, all these things are in your day-to-day life that you don't think about until you have. And so to hear someone else say, Oh, dishes are hard for me because it's the bending over is hard. It's like I know, right? There's such validation in that for me of it's not me being lazy. I'm not making it up in my head. Like, no. That is a thing that does make things hard for me. And it's okay for me to say that's just not a thing I can do. Like that's just not in my wheelhouse. We can come up with ways for it to get easier, but to have someone be able to say it so frankly really has helped me when it comes to accepting my chronic illness and what I can and can't do. Because during this time too, I've been having more and more good days. And as we've talked in the past, good days often can be too exciting that I do too much and then I have multiple bad days. To have someone like Sarah in the back of my mind of, you don't need to do that. That's not important. Or... Your mental health is important. Those just little messages. I think about them regularly and I, I appreciate
1: them. And again, this is always me finding the morsel and going to find like what in this can we use as a structure and example going forward. And what I heard there was I was thinking about how growing up for me, that magazine standard. And I use that as a loose term, but just any magazine you can think of. And it's like, yeah, all those things are if all things are equal. If we all have a hundred percent energy, a hundred percent time, a hundred percent money, a hundred percent you support, a hundred whatever. And it's like, okay, that was the old model. And what I heard you saying is Sarah is like this not stand, you know, is like an example of, oh, here's a way to be with chronic illness, and that is a marker that works for you. And so people listening, it's finding that marker of, oh, it can be like this and just being validated that, oh, I thought everyone was trying to live up to the same magazine standard, but there's a million ways to do things. And I actually just redid my about me on my website for my business, which is Your Aligned Home, about my motivation story. I, I actually changed it because when I what I realized was I had a really hard time when it came to being a wife and a mom and establishing my own house. And I felt that pressure of making it be and look a certain way and trying to find those examples of people who were more close to me. I was reaching for something that was unattainable. And my sister was, she's always been the one. No, what works for you? When we were setting up my son, I was pregnant, setting up his room and I, it wasn't going to be like a typical nursery. It just it couldn't be, because we were renting a place. that had these built-in. Uh, we had these limitations. She's like, so what? So do what works for you. Like I didn't have a traditional changing table. I didn't have a traditional crib. I didn't have anything. And my sister was always the one. And so I in my about me, I was like, oh, it's really about just being comfortable with this is what works for me and I think that's what I heard you saying about participant Sarah is she's gotten really comfortable with saying to the world this is what works works for me y'all can go F off if you want to say anything she really like I said her body is a delicate orchard and her soul is like the strongest sharpened steel you've ever imagined
0: yeah so yeah giving people that confidence this is what works for me and I think it's what makes this important work that way. To share stories like the way that we are, so that we can see different possibilities for ourselves. Because our homes do look different. I would love to hear about how someone makes like a small apartment work for their family. The more that I realize I don't know, the more I want to know. Cause there's also just little nugget like, oh, my situation looks a little different but the way that you're doing that, I could do it to do that. You know what I mean? That type of thing. Which it's funny because I guess Alex has done that with, she was like, yeah, we have the laundry bins like you do, Lacey. And I'm like, oh, so you learned something from me, right? Yeah.
1: And that's the thing. It's That's why I want this to be a more open conversation of what really works? How, Like, what works for your family? How could you learn from somebody else that is that unique? Oh, oh yeah, we soak our dishes and wash them once a week. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. Whatever yeah. whatever works for you to survive and thrive, maybe that's what it is. It's like, why are we putting – I feel like in the past model was putting our energy towards hearing a certain way. Yeah, And then it's like now it's – I don't have time for that. Like, I just – I don't
0: have time for that. I don't have the energy for that. I have the stupidest example.
2: Bring (laughs) it on. I love it. Me on
0: TikTok. Yes. I fell into this weird rabbit hole. This man was pouring concrete and he only had a small space to do it in. So he did a dry pour is what it was called. And it means that he puts it down dry and then essentially waters it throughout the day as a way to harden it instead of mixing it all up and then putting it down. And people were appalled by this. Great. And Love it. Yes. I, they were like, no, like, that's why there are cement trucks and all this stuff. And because he mentioned, like, it would take me 20 minutes to just stir all this stuff, get it laid and flattened out. Whereas I can get this laid and flattened out and then come back every 30 minutes and water it. And people are like, don't you hear how dumb it is? You have to, you're babysitting it for hours and that kind of stuff. And I just had this moment where I'm like, do you? Not do you really not see the difference in how those things can work for somebody? Like for me, I could draw, I could do concrete if I could do it that way, where I could just pour it even and out, and then active energy is only like spraying it every thirty minutes for a few hours. I could do, I couldn't do the other way, and I just had this moment. And yes, the dry pour is not as sturdy, but he's like, it's just a pathway through my yard that I'm that's not going to be driven over by anything it doesn't need to stand up for hundreds of years you know all this stuff and I just I just had this moment where I'm like this is no shame the home game this is this is what works for him this is how he can get it done and it makes sense for him it doesn't make sense for these people but it makes sense for him but and man the vitriol so here's my thing Here's the vitriol from people. But here's
1: my thing those vitriolic people, why do they feel it is so important to judge this man's process? That's because women, and I mean, I shouldn't, it's hard with the gender thing. It, most of my clients are women, it tends to be more of a female thing. Why? We're only worried about that shame because there are people putting forth judgment like the cement people. But why? why because it's
0: not the right way but it's not how it's done i'm not defending no, 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 them because i think it's dumb and i just it keeps coming back to that whoo, you really only have this one view yes of your world and that you've declared that the only way that things can be done and i just yeah no
1: that's in yeah that's the other side of that coin is Not only doing it your own way, but then feeling comfortable and confident, like participant Sarah, to stand up and be like, "No, I don't care what you say about my way." Yeah, (laughs) I guess there's like there's so many different parts to it. Doing it your own way, and then being confident of this is why I'm doing it this way, and I don't, I don't care what you say. I don't want to say I don't
0: care, but. Take that vitriol someplace else. I don't know. I, why? Also, how mean do you have to be to yourself if you're me and that mean to a stranger of yeah. me? Yeah. It always amazes me how much people think that they know, that they don't. I also got into a, a little bit of a back and forth with this guy who made a comment about my weight. And I'm like, what, do you know anything about me? And he's like, this, this, and this. I'm like, I've run a half marathon in my life. I have. I've completed a half marathon. I've gone whitewater rafting. I've done all of these things. I physically can't do that anymore. So am I less worthy? I was like, all of your suggestions are first page of Google, and I can already tell you what not. That would not work. And so I just, I think nuance is something that people really need, and examples of nuance will help.
1: I think when you said that about the weight thing, there's this – account i follow on instagram and i cannot remember her exact title it's something it's a combination of macgyver and mom i can't remember i started watching her because she she used to do these things about how her house was a dumpster fire but she was proud of it and she's very she is very confident and sometimes she'll go through people's comments and then she'll blast them which i think is hilarious because i don't have that type of confidence But people will blast her about her eyebrows Why do you use a sharpie to draw on your eyebrows? Don't you know how ridiculous it looks? And then she comes back and she's like, oh, you're right. I never noticed how ridiculous my eyebrows look. You're right. I should just let them be. Oh, wait, I've gone through cancer twice and I can't grow hair on my eyebrows and I have to draw them in. And you don't know that because you didn't take time to hear my story. And it's just, oh, yes. Yes, the confidence to stand up to people, like throwing judgment so quick. Yes. Finding, like I said, I've mentioned before in this series of being friends with you and participant Sarah, I've learned so much about chronic illness. Like participant Sarah talks about how it's really hard for her to park in a parking lot and walk all the way to the store. And she, you know, people don't see that because she looks quote unquote healthy like, oh my gosh, we just never know what people are dealing with. And oh my, yeah, I had a loss in my life where I was in major, major grief and it was grief I had never experienced before, but I had such a compassion after that for people acting like ridiculous because I was like, I don't know, maybe they just lost somebody in their lives. I don't know maybe they don't have the emotional regulation that they would normally have maybe this is just a really bad day for them and it gave me that lens like yeah you never know what people so even those vitriolic people about the cement maybe they're actually have a really suppressive boss and this is their only outlet is to criticize how other people pour cement
2: you're a business owner who cares more about people than profits although you still want to make some money of course And that can feel mighty lonely. That's why I created Feminist Founders, a podcast that explores how to build a more equitable world through entrepreneurship. I'm Becky Mollenkamp, a coach and journalist, and I'm excited to bring you stories of people who, like you and me, are trying to change the business landscape for good. Check out Feminist Founders wherever you listen to podcasts. You're a business owner who cares more about people than profits. Although you still want to make some money, of course. And that can feel mighty lonely. That's why I created Feminist Founders, a podcast that explores how to build a more equitable world through entrepreneurship. I'm Becky Mollenkamp, a coach and journalist, and I'm excited to bring you stories of people who, like you and me, are trying to change the business landscape for good. Check out Feminist Founders wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: I've been toying around with this idea of joyful support yes, and that it's not like toxic positivity or that kind of thing. It's about approaching support joy and accepting that support with joy. Not that you have to be happy about the crappiness you're going through. You don't have to be, you don't have to like what's happening, that kind of thing. A few months ago, I had a video go semi-viral not really in terms of things but it's because i was talking about how magical drunk girls in a bathroom are and i realized it really comes down to such joyful support of girl i got you we're gonna fix this now let's get you back out there or and a girl could be crying in the bathroom and that support is still joyful because it comes from that place and i just i i want to create a world where we can have more of that joyful support because i think That joyful support is also here at No Shame in the Home Game, really at the core of cheering you on to be who you need to be in your home and how your home works for you.
1: Yes. I 100% agree. And I have thought about that through this series about how I
0: hope when people
1: listen, they don't think that we're being toxic positivity because I feel like we've tried to highlight constantly that crap happens Absolutely. And we're going to just try to laugh when we can laugh and cry when we have to cry. And yes, I just, I completely agree with you about that joyful support and thinking about Sarah, when she talked about being in the life hole. And I had this image of a ladder and like a big, deep hole. And yeah, sometimes you're at the bottom of the ladder and you have nothing to give. Sometimes you're at the middle of the ladder and you can give and receive. And sometimes you're at the top of the ladder and you're like, oh, I don't need to receive. I can just give, 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 but I've been in the hole. I know what it feels like. And that's what I've learned in my life because I'm in a place where I can give so much more freely emotion support where I couldn't before. And I couldn't before because I didn't have it. Like I was deep in the life hole and I just needed to receive. And yes, I love the thought of creating a joyful, supportive community where you show up and sometimes you need support and sometimes you give support. And I do joke about how we all have crap sandwiches. Really they're shit sandwiches. I'm trying to be dainty by saying crap, they're shit sandwiches. They taste different, they look different. Sometimes we have a bunch of shit sandwiches, but you can't go through life and not have to eat a shit sandwich. But you can have a friend help you. Hi, have you tried to put mayonnaise on the shit sandwich? hey, do you need me to get you a glass of water to help you swallow that sweet shit sandwich? Like, like it is such a part of, and I've just realized that if you're alive, you're gonna experience one to multiple shit sandwiches. And sometimes it's a single bite and sometimes you have to keep gnawing on those things for
0: years. It's a foot long.
1: <laughs> but can we, yeah, can we laugh about our shit sandwich? Can we dress it up? Can we put some pickles next to it that you enjoy? Uh, like, how can we get through this? with a little bit of laughter and love and support and realize other people are dealing with their own as well. I
0: think the key is that, because I think about toxic positivity a lot, because I'm very lucky to have a natural, positive outlook on life. Like, I I don't know how it happened, but I'm so thankful for it. And I realize, oh, I could come off as very toxic positivity of like, good vibes only and da-da-da-da. I think what makes this particular space special is that we don't assume that the bad doesn't exist. Like, We acknowledge it because that's one of the biggest things about toxic positivity is that the bad doesn't exist. We don't give it space to exist. I have chronic illness. I'm not going to get better soon as much as someone says that as they leave my house and like, thanks. I appreciate the sentiment behind it, but I'm not. I'm not going to get better soon. It's just not there. Will I have a good day tomorrow? Yeah, that's possible. And so I think adjusting those expectations and being real about what's going on makes it so much easier to be truly joyful and optimistic without recognizing the problems. it I don't know, it just is resentful. You know what I mean? All that stuff. But I think, I don't know. I do think that there, that the nature of this show and this process of, okay, what's going on? What's actually, wrong? what's actually happening? Cause Rem- I actually think Alex's example is a really good one of in her mind, she was like looking for different pain points to be there. And then we really came to, okay, what's actually going on is it's a energy flow thing, not your actual space. Once we accept that, yeah, your family's on the go. Awesome. Let's adapt for that. That's the, it's not an issue, but a quote unquote issue or problem to solve. So yeah, I'm going to be thinking about this more. This is really hitting me, Sarah. Okay. Okay. okay.
1: (laughs) Okay. So here's my, okay. People who know me. Okay. How many times can I say, okay. People who know me know that I, I do analogies and metaphors all the time. So what I heard you saying, and I hope this might help somebody listening is, Two ends of the extreme, staring at a pile of shit that is disgusting and it smells and that's horrible and, oh, I stepped in it and so much, blah, blah, blah. Staring, toxic positivity, staring at a daisy, it's all daisies, it's all roses, everything's always in bloom, rainbows come out of my ass. Right, so two ends of the extreme mm-hmm. and something I learned from listening to comedians about improv is yes and, and I've really embraced it. Yes, there is shit on the sidewalk and there are daisies. And we need that shit to be fertilizer for the daisies. But it's not always daisy. And it's not always shit. Yes. And I completely agree with you. Like it's not about one or the other. And it's about just accepting it all. And I know for me, when you were talking about something, it triggered a memory in me of growing up, there was always this but not yes. And but you don't have it as bad as the kids starving in a third world country. Yes, but you have food to eat. Yes, but your car accident wasn't as bad as somebody else's. Yes, but, you know. I no, I still have pain. My pain is different than theirs, but I still have pain. And again, coming back to just that acceptance and nuance and understanding, it's everything, everything everywhere all at once.
0: Well, and it's interesting that you said, because the answer you were talking about that is, it gets when people tell you to be grateful the minute something bad happens. No, thank you. You know what I mean? And so I now I'm like, I love our moments of gratitude even more. Of We're not forcing ourselves to be grateful about the crappy stuff. Or <laughs> not trying to find the silver lining for the crappy stuff. No, it's like, no, this is the actual good that's going on. So yeah, maybe I have my chronic illness. That's happening. But yes, and I also can get free audiobooks from the library. Isn't that great? So, like, I'm grateful for the thing that makes me feel better. Not that I could be sicker or I could be an in- the I think that's a really foul thing you just unlocked, Sarah. That gratitude isn't about how things can't be worse. It's about the good things that you do. Yes, I have a shit sandwich. And... I've got a fountain
1: soda. Help me wash it down. Like, yeah, it's not going away. And I've got something here on the side. That was something big I learned as a parent. I listened to so many things about parenting approaches. And one thing I learned early on with when you have a child, I learned from an educator. It's not about protecting your child from discomfort or from uncomfortable feelings, because that is a part of life. It's about teaching them how to deal with those uncomfortable moments and journeys. And that's what i have been taking away from this. It's, yes, all that pain and discomfort is a part of life. And we're going to learn how to get through it. And we're going to see that there are some good things that happen today. It's, yes, it's, and having that, like you said, that joyful support of, it's all together. Like the joyful support is not trying to get you to picture perfect like sparkle and it's not about just sitting in the hole with you going everything sucks everything's the end of the world this is the shittiest it's yeah you're down in the life hole and i'm halfway up the ladder and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give you what you need to help climb the ladder when you're ready yeah can't we all just can't we all just be a little bit
0: nicer man and i think that's the time I think that all the time. Right now, Iris's favorite books are both themed around kindness, and I'm like, oh. yeah. I mean, it makes me feel so like that's what I want. And so at night, she's like, "This," and I'm like, "Yep, we're gonna read your kindness books." And do I think she knows what it means? Nope, but we're rolling with it, and it'll maybe implant itself in there.
1: Plant those seeds. Plant those seeds, planting. baby. That's all we can absolutely. That's all we can do is <laughs> just keep planting those seeds, and. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I just keep learning so much from this journey. And even just being around you, in a way, you've broken me because I want I want everyone to have the lacy giggle like that I encounter all day long. But I'm understanding that we can't all have the lacy giggle. But yes, sometimes I'll deal with We're talking about this offline about privately yeah. about yeah. dealing with people who are just
0: what is the grumpest? Yeah, grumpus is the word that we use in our house.
1: But I guess like it's a, a, per our conversation we just had, we never know what's going on in the, and that's okay too. And I just, it makes me appreciate my time with you, Lacey, because it's not grumpus. Well, sometimes it's, sometimes it's grumpus and that's okay. a little bit. But you yeah. really focus and on. And that is okay. And it is okay. And you focus on bringing the sunshine when you can. But we can't always. Absolutely, sometimes, can't always. Sometimes we're gonna have string cheese for dinner, and that's okay. And sometimes we're gonna have lasagna, and that's okay.
0: It's all okay. I have learned a lot about the practicality of mindset because I feel like before, like when I would hear stuff about that in trainings, it's like have positive attitude, do, do, do. you know what I mean? And again, I would just beat myself up to get things done and that's not a positive attitude that kind of stuff but man just the mindset of things happening because I've said this many times Sarah and I's partnership I think is one of the most magical things in the world and I wish everybody everywhere could experience the level of empathy but still hard work productivity and joy like there's just so much good out of it and for example Sarah and I have been working on the home CEO course it's in our minds; it would have been already a long time ago, but it's happening and it's coming along as it should. And neither one of us has felt a need to be like, "You're not pulling your weight," or "Why don't Why don't you have this done?" and all these things. And it's magical. And
1: you touched on again another teaser I want to do for an episode. What we're going to do in between participant seasons is I've been really exploring in my mind this idea of. We started off by calling it the masculine and feminine energy, but I I wanted to call it something else. And so I think we settled on, what was it, structure and flexibility? Structure and flexibility. And we need both. And what you were just saying about the home CEO course, we had a structure, we had an idea, and then we needed to put in some flexibility. And if you have all structure, it's not going to feel great. And if you have all flexibility, nothing's ever going to happen. And so finding in situations, do I need more structure or do I need more flexibility? And I think that's what's beautiful about our partnership is we both can just keep adjusting our structure and flexibility. And to bring it back to no shame in the home game and a home CEO course, your home needs some structure and it needs some flexibility. And when something isn't feeling good. Which do you need a little bit more of? And I'm really excited to do a whole topic on
0: that. Uh, and that was, I mean, participant Sarah, one of her big takeaways is like, oh, it's not 100% of the time and it doesn't have to be. That's huge. Yes. That's huge. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. So, yeah, I don't want to railroad you at all. Is there anything? I feel like we haven't talked about what we learned from Joe. What did we learn from Joe? Oh. I learn from Joe every day. So it's really hard for me to separate those out.
1: I'm aside from me just fangirling over how much I adore listening to Joe talk about anything, I learned a lot. It's the male perspective, it's the spouse of somebody with chronic illness. It's just, it was hearing what his experience is of all of that. And I really appreciated hearing it through the male lens. And seeing how he felt about things and what he needed. And I also just learned, again, I love that pivotal moment of you two arguing, but really you were arguing because you love each other so much. And I was just like, oh my gosh, how many arguments are we having in our house? Because we really just love each other so much. And it's getting lost. And so I, I learned a lot. And like I said, the majority are female who reach out to me. Sometimes I do have male clients, but I really enjoy hearing that male perspective of home management. And that would be great if we could get another male perspective next season. Or it might still be Joe. I...
0: More Joe. Maybe. Well, I know for Joe, I mean, you all have heard Joe pulls his weight in this household. And Joe has often felt talked down to in spaces about home management and running at home and that kind of stuff because, like, give me the credit that I can and do show. And so when you hear those generalized things, and that's why I appreciate that we're trying to be mindful about it, is that we want to be mindful to be inclusive, but not, not seeing the problem. Kind of what we were saying earlier is, yeah, a lot of homes come from a traditional structure. So there is that inequity. We can approach it from a place where it's not that the man is in deficit. But instead to be empowered, I think is something that could be really powerful. And I know he would have appreciated it. and we I don't think we even really talked about this a whole lot, but after I had Isaac, we really struggled with finding ways to talk about this because his pride was getting hurt, because he wanted to show up in those ways. And a lot of the resources we could find to help us figure this out really kind of put him down. Around
1: the whole gender thing, I've said it before, I'll probably say it again, and I hope it's really clear. I do want to try and not pigeonhole things. The man, the woman, the male, the female. However, I'm very aware that the burden, because of people I talk to, my experience, my clients, the burden, if it is a male-female relationship, it tends to be on the female. And looking back on history, it makes sense. So I'm trying to honor how we got here, but then also look forward. And part of the home CEO is really taking away those gender expectations that we don't realize are there and hopefully helping our children's generation. We we can't whitewash it. We can't pretend it isn't what it is. But I also am not going to pigeonhole it to to perpetuate it. Mm -hmm. So it's yes and. It's
0: holding that space. Sarah and I are hard at work in creating the home CEO course. If you are interested in the home CEO course and potentially being one of our founding members, you can go to noshameinthehomegame.com, home CEO, and sign up for the wait list to be notified as soon as it goes on sale. That's noshameinthehomegame.com backslash home CEO. I keep track of so many different things, whether it's from The Middle, No Shame in the Home Game, all of the different business ventures that are part of those things. And I also keep track of a lot of things in our household, from things that we need to repair and do and flows, all of that stuff. And the thing that I use to do all of that is Notion. Notion is this amazing blank slate where you build your own app and database depending on what you need. They have some amazing templates to help you get started. But once you get in there and start using it, you see how things work and come together. And it is magic. And easy and beautiful. It's like a to do list meets a database with workflows. And then you can even get AI right into Notion to help you come up with words when words are hard, because let's be honest, they are. We have a link for Notion to help you potentially. If you go to no shame in the backslash N O T I O N, you can get a link into Notion and potentially sign up for a plan. They do have free plans and paid plans. If anything, Go get a free plan because it is so cool and you'll fall in love like me and become a notion advocate
1: for both of those things which i think is a real delicate balance and i'm gonna slip up with it in the future um but like you said joe feeling almost talked down like not getting you know because we're in a time of transition which is really yeah. it's there's a lot of confusion and chaos and if we can get that specialist to come on for the listening And perhaps it is just about learning how to really hear what our partners or family members are saying to move forward.
0: I keep track of so many different things, whether it's from the middle, no shame in the home game, all of the different business ventures that are part of those things. And I also keep track of a lot of things in our household from things that we need to repair and do and flows, all of that stuff. And the thing that I use to do all of that is Notion. Notion is this amazing blank slate where you build your own app and database depending on what you need. They have some amazing templates to help you get started, but once you get in there and start using it, you see how things work and come together and it is magic. And easy and beautiful. It's like a to do list meets a database with workflows. And then you can even get AI right into Notion to help you come up with words when words are hard. Because let's be honest, they are. We have a link for Notion to help you potentially. If you go to no shame in the home backslash N O T I O N, you can get a link into Notion and potentially sign up for a plan. They do have free plans and paid plans. If anything, go get a free plan because it is so cool and you'll fall in love like me and become a notion advocate sarah and i are hard at work in creating the home ceo course if you are interested in the home ceo course and potentially being one of our founding members you can go to no shame in Home CEO and sign up for the wait list to be notified as soon as it goes on sale. That's no shame in the home game.com backslash home CEO. So we've teased this a bit, but we are going to be having a season number two. If you are interested in being on season number two, we do have a form on our website. We have talked about since there's going to be so much change for Joe and I he and I may also continue into season two. I mean, you guys, you're in with us at this point.
1: Hashtag more Joe.
0: Even though we won't be doing our traditional participant stories, every other week until season two, we will be doing like experts and talks with Sarah and I. So there's still going to be some no shame in the home game and the in-between as well. Yes,
1: because... Now that I've got my weekly dose of Lacey, I don't want to let it go. So if anything, it's just so I can keep seeing Lacey once a week.
0: I love it. I love everything about it. Oh. No Shame in the Home Game has been so awesome for me. And I think that it's a direction that I hope continues in our society. I'm also like, I'm a big fangirl of Sarah's. So
1: the- I'm a oh, Sarah.
0: I know I've already talked about being a
1: fangirl participants. I'm so thankful for the podcast. Bonus if people listen and enjoy it. But that state of flow people talk about, I get in a state of flow when we do this. I have no sense mm-hmm. of time. It's a little dangerous because I do have other things going on in my life. I just enjoy it so much. It has just been honestly the highlight of my week. I just love doing this so much. And like I said, bonus if other people enjoy it. As well. oh.
0: I know, I love what Sarah sends me a message and she was like, do I just love our podcast because it's us, <laughs> or is it? I'm like, no, I think it's actually good. Getting feedback from people has been awesome, and
1: I love when people contact me and they'll be like, "It's really good," but they say yeah. it in a way where we're all, expecting it to not be. Well, I can tell they were all prepared to listen as a supportive friend or relative and just placate me, and then when they come back and they're like, oh, "I really enjoyed it," and I'm like whoa but mildly offended <laughs> I, but no i too am amazed at how amazing it is because i couldn't do this on my own it's all because and i tell that to everyone who compliments me and like oh it's all because of Lacey. i'm like it none of this would exist if it wasn't for Lacey. so yeah all of it is yeah your little manifestor magical energy you i keep calling you a wizard because
0: it's just things are happening i'm a part of a group on facebook called she podcasts And someone asked me what's the best part of being a podcaster and what's the worst part. And I, not asked me, but that was like a posted question. And I answered, the best part is the conversation. Like, I cannot express enough how podcasts have given me the opportunity to connect in a time where I don't leave my house. Like, I could get real teary-eyed on how much that means for me. And the part that I hate the most is having to tell somebody about my podcast and sounding like the biggest douche canoe on my podcast. We talked about that. Because I do. I want to talk about this stuff. I think it's so great. But the hardest part for me is to be like, but listen to my podcast so that you can be caught up so that we can have a better conversation.
1: Okay. One, I want to honor the douche canoe because I do get it. I do yeah. I do get it. But number two is a tool, which is what I do, which is I just lean into me being a co-host. So I'm like. So that way it's not like me saying me, 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 me. I'm like, oh, there's this podcast and I just happen to be
0: a co-host. As the person who like produces this, it's a little harder for me to be like, I just co-host. No, I schedule and edit. and
1: (laughs) And then that brings me to the third leg of it, which is I want to keep encouraging you to really just be, I don't want to say proud of yourself because it sounds condescending, but. I want you to honor how amazing you are, how I want you to see how amazing I'm going to cry. Oh, I want you to be able to see how amazing you are, how I, how can I not say this? I see you as so amazing and I wish you could see how amazing I think you are and feel that same way. Oh my God. Do
0: you see? I am crying. Do you see? Uh, You are crying. (laughs) Well, it goes back to the idea that our zone of geniuses, right? Yeah. That's where our zone of geniuses are. And this is, there's a lot of this that's just in my, I hate even saying my zone of genius. But yeah, figuring out the tech side of things and it doesn't feel hard, you know. And I think that is part of the magic of Sarah and I's partnership is we keep finding that the things that feel hard for one are a little easier for the other. We just need one more person to come in and be a generator and help yes. us with consistent, like.
1: oh my gosh coaching. call out to any generators i'm i'm it's <laughs> on my list to join the human design society with adriana if not solely to just find a generator to <laughs> keep us chugging along because <laughs> i know at my... because i we both work in spurt which is maybe <laughs> part of the reason home ceo isn't done if we had a little generator But
0: honestly, part of the problem is that Home CEO keeps getting bigger. I know. I'm also working on more bonus content to be released out as well. Uh, So we'll keep you abreast of that. Is that that's the right term, right? Mm -hmm. Did I just make it weird? No. okay. And we'll have episodes every other week until season two. When season two happens, we're still figuring it out. But if you do want to be a participant in season two, you can go to no com, and it is on the homepage for you to fill out a form. And we want to start working with people pretty soon uh, to be able to maybe have something ready for the beginning of the year. We're not making promises, though. Remember, flexibility and structure.
1: That's how this boat moves forward.
0: <laughs> how it's going to work. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Lacey. Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. If you liked today's episode, make sure that you follow or subscribe for free on whatever podcast player you prefer. Feel free to share with friends or anyone that you think would enjoy the show. And also rate and review us so you can help other people find us too. You can learn more about No Shame in the Home Game, Lacey and Sarah at noshameinthehomegame.com. Along with show notes with all of the links to the goodies that we talk about. Connect with us on social media at No Shame in the Home Game and tell us all about your home management or even your paying points. We want to know. And as always, remember we don't care how your home looks, just how it feels.
1: Thanks for listening to No Shame in the Home Game. We hope you can take a little nugget of goodness to use in your own home. Remember to subscribe to the podcast in the player of your choice, like us on social media, rate and review, and share us with all of your friends and maybe a couple of non-friends if you want. You can always visit JoyfulSupportMovement.com to learn more about No Shame in the Home Game and other Joyful Support podcasts. While you're there, you can join the newsletter or sign up for the Joyful Support Village. Now go out there and spread some joy.